Welcome to Niners Talk with John, Tim, and Brian. Let's talk Niners. How can six of you miss a play like that, huh? Hello. Welcome to Niners Talk. Well, boys, it's the third victory Tuesday in a row. How are we feeling? Excellent. We're feeling good. We had victory Friday. We we had a stress-free football watching Sunday. Yeah, that's the way I like to spend my week. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling excellent. I, uh, you know, these Thursday night games, they're so, they feel like so long from the Thursday night game to your next game, which is obviously like 10 days, but um, it feels good to come out of that with a win. Obviously you all know if you lose a Thursday night game, I feel like that feels so long that 10 days between you know, to that, to the next game. And especially if you have a loss, like you're just, you're just wanting the next game to happen. So yeah, but I'm feeling good. Yeah. I'm feeling positive. But yeah, the awesome. the 49ers, but the 49ers went out on a short week. They took care of business. As you said, they're three and O and they did it without one of their top players, Brandon Ayuk. And I think we can probably put to bed some of the, what, what we spoke about after the Rams game about Brock Purdy's horrendous performance because he missed four passes. So I, I haven't seen too much on social media about Brock Purdy being a terrible quarterback as of late. Yeah, I think that thesis has been completely debunked. Yeah, I'd agree with you. And then for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, I'm John. I join with my brother, Tim, my brother, Hello. another brother, Brian. Yo. We're three obsessed Niners fans who talk Niners games each week. If you're listening, you like it, give us a thumbs up, give us a like, give us a review. Uh, we're just doing this so it's just fun for us. So whether or not anybody listens, we're going to keep pushing out the content if you like talking Niners ball. So I will be the first to admit, and you you can kind of either put a half tear in my Niners fan card. I, I did not watch a lot of the game. I was actually in Wisconsin golfing in Kohler, Wisconsin, uh, and I had played Aaron Hills the day before, and Aaron Hills walked like seven miles. Uh, so I was a little, I was a little tired. Uh, and then the next day I, I did the Meadows and I was another six mile walk. And then somebody decided that whoever had the highest score would buy a round of shots. And that person decided tequila would be the drink of choice. And I don't <laughs> like tequila. And because I haven't had a tequila shot in 30 years, and there's a reason why. <laughs> and I discovered that the reason is still true. John. So I ended up going back to my room and uh, just chilling out. And then I fell asleep and then woke up and realized the Niners won and then watched the highlights yeah. the next day. So, jo- John, you know, I forgive you. I think Brian forgives you. The Niner fan base, I don't know. The jury is they- still out. And and oh, John, there are, them but we still love you. And 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 John, there are some tequilas that probably aren't as bad as probably the one you took. So, um, you know, hopefully next time when we all hang I out, we can have some. No, no, ain't gonna happen. No, no. it's no. not gonna happen. <laughs> uh, 
No. So okay I, I will bring some. I will have a sip of whatever you're having. I will have a sip and go, nope. It's like gin. I mean, people love their gin. People love their tequila. I just know what I like, and those two are not one of them, particularly tequila. Anyway. (laughs) Go ahead. Moving on. Podcast is named Niner's Talk, not Gastrointestinal Problems by Algave. So, obviously, great victory. From what I could have seen and read, Niner's did a pretty good job of dominating the game. There's the meme going around of Daniel Jones looking at the Niner defense literally like a deer in headlights. And I totally understand. I wouldn't want to be Daniel Jones back there even for $40 million. But uh, Tim, just some overall thoughts on the game, uh, what you saw. Yeah, I think, you know, 49ers dominated this game. When you look at these statistics, you would have thought this game would have been over by halftime. I, it wasn't, but you look at time of possession, almost two to one uh, on the in favor of the 49ers. Niners defense only uh, giving up 150 yards. But the first statistic that I went to as soon as the game was over was I felt like the 49ers were constantly in third down. And the 49ers, I, they were in 16 third down situation. Uh, they converted about nine of them. But just to give you some scale of that against the Rams, uh, the 49ers had nine third down situations. So uh, it leads me to a couple of points. Number one, uh, the 49ers were able to convert. They were able to convert when uh, they, they they had to. Secondly, it goes to show how much the, the Giants were really bringing pressure on first and second down. Uh, the Giants, astounding statistic, they brought a five-man front. Well, they blitzed. 85% of the time in the game, which is amazing. But the 49ers, mm-hmm. they countered with quick slants. They countered with screens. And they and they had the they have the playmakers. They have a Debo. They have a CMC. They have playmakers that can convert on third down. Uh, they're able to keep the Giants D on the field, Daniel Jones off of it. Uh, and that just led to uh, a victory that, frankly, the, the Niners had this game well in hand in the first half. Um, and, yeah, they're 3-0, and uh, and now it's on to the Cardinals. But, um, yeah, overall, just um, they just went, they just took care of business, bottom line. Brian? Tim, you stole a lot of the stats I was about to bust out, but uh, especially the time of possession. I'm sorry. I did, I did not do that deliberately. <laughs> I did not do that deliberately. Did it, well, maybe maybe did I, I did. Maybe I did. The Niners had the ball, what, 39, 39 minutes, and the the Giants had the yep. ball 20 minutes, a little over 20 minutes. Um, I think the one thing that also stood out to me, aside from all the stats you said, Tim, was that you know, the 49ers pretty much had a pretty balanced attack between the run game and the passing game. They were like almost 50-50 minus the two sacks that, that Purdy took. So they looked pretty, I think they really had a game plan in place. They were going to go with the run. They were going to go with the pass. Um, and it all kind of worked out pretty, pretty nicely. Um, I think one thing that also stood out to me in terms of, of this game was, yeah, Purdy was blitzed like 80, 85% of the time, but he definitely had his checkdowns in place. Yeah. He was able to make those throws. Um, if they looked bad, he was going to throw it away. Um, but he did get saved a couple of times, I think early on errant throws that, did. that, that Kittle and, uh, uh, I think it was Debo who, who saved it from being a pick. Yeah. So, um, but that was early, you know, he was, obviously I think it was a little rest, um, but overall I'm happy with the game, John. And I think it, it worked out well, you know, for, for our guys. Yeah, my overall thoughts is that the Niners 
just had a really good game plan in place to execute our short week turnaround. Yeah. Uh, and I think if you're a defensive coordinator and you're watching game tape of the Niners and you see that Wink Martindale, defensive coordinator of the Giants, plus 85%, and it didn't phase Brock Purdy, you're sitting there for, trying to figure out, like, what am I going to do? Like, yeah. So, uh, but let's go over our keys to victory because I think these were interesting. I thought we had some pretty good keys to victory that I don't think the New York Giants subscribed to our podcast. <laughs> Maybe not. But there's Maybe hope. Not. Not. There's hope. Uh, the first one was uh, Daniel Jones got some wheels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Giants didn't use them. No. How, he how had... many times did he run to him? Twice. Twice. For a total of five yards. Um, no, that surprised me. I, I thought that, you know, and I went back and I looked at the game that the 49ers played against the Giants in 2020. Uh, there were a lot more designed quarterback runs, quarterback draws. I, I do wonder why they decided not to uh, use Jones uh, in the way that we thought with uh, being a mobile quarterback. My, my best guess is that, well, maybe the Giants thought that hey, we lost Barkley. We've got Jones. He's basically our only offensive weapon. Do we do we really want to expose him here? Or are we trying to make this about the entire season? So, uh, yeah, that was a surprise. Um, and as you said, John, right. I mean, um, the pressure was getting to uh, to Jones. Uh, 49ers had two sacks, but you could see in the second half they were really bringing pressure. He was missed on his throws. He was clearly unco- he was clearly uncomfortable in the pocket. Uh, Brian, do you know what kind of defense the Niners were playing? That would they have even allowed the mobile quarterback? Was was Fred well, spying? This did, did I was going to say. I was going to say that I I did see that the Niners and Tim obviously called this out already, but the guy Stephen Wilk, uh, Steve Wilkes calling five guys on the front. So they did that. I don't know mm-hmm. for how much of the time, but I wonder if that had anything to do with Jones' decision not to. Well, maybe the the coach's decision not to run Jones too much because obviously you don't want to get beat up. And so I was kind of thinking that was going to, to happen there. Yeah. Tim, do you think we're going to see that five-man front again? I think we're going to. I, I think definitely we'll see a lot of teams bring, you know, a five-man front. You know, the 49ers, particularly in the first half, I counted up, I think, six times they were in a, a second and eight, a second and, and ten. Um, and th- and that's what Kyle Shan does not want to happen. He he wants to get five, six yards on, on first down, you know, have the second and shorts uh, where he really can open up his playbook. But, you know, at the same time, we know that the 49ers are going to get that kind of, of pressure. But Look at the way they countered it. You know, Brock Purdy getting the ball out, getting those quick slants. Um, and two plays come to mind with those blitzes. Uh, they were both on the drive that ended with uh, Ronnie Bell's touchdown. But um, the Niners had a third and 15 in their own territory. And they ran a screen to Debo. Uh, and I have to give I have to give a shout out to Aaron Banks. He, he, had, he did a tremendous, horrific blocking on that play. But Debo does what only Debo can do, and he makes people miss, and he makes people miss miss tackles, or, you know, he fights through tackles, and he gets a first down. Uh, On Mm -hmm. that same drive, it's third and 13. The 49ers, they run a screen pass to McCaffrey, 
And at this point, actually, mm-hmm. Buford was out in front of him this time, but he gave McCaffrey space. We know what McCaffrey can do with space. He gets the first down. So that is so demoralizing to a defense when you're bringing that kind of pressure. And then it ends with Purdy throwing a ball off his back foot right only where Ronnie Bell can get it uh, for his first yep. NFL touchdown. So, um, you know, we know the 49ers are going to face pressure, but look at the playmakers they have to uh, to counter it. And that's what happened here. So the other key to victory we thought was going to be Brandon Ayuk. Brian, were you surprised he didn't play? Yes, and for fantasy reasons, yes, I was definitely surprised he he, he didn't play. But <laughs> I'll tell you guys after this as we reach into that. But from from a fan perspective, no, I didn't. I actually was not surprised he did not play because he looked like he got what he landed on his shoulder, and it, it didn't look like he needed some time off. So especially with the short week, I was not surprised he didn't play. And it just gives him just the extra time he needs just to get in place. I don't know if he's going to play this weekend against against the Cardinals, but you know whatever it takes, I think to 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 see him kind of rest up and be ready for for the rest of the season, especially against Dallas the following week. Yeah, I, he's been back at practice, but while Brandon Ayuk didn't play, Tim Ronnie Bell stepped up. He did. What was his final line? I let's see what he had as I'm looking it up, but as I'm getting that, he had three plays. Um, that I th- first of all, the, the, congrats to him on his first NFL touchdown. I mean, uh, all three of us watched him in the preseason, and we just thought he, he we just thought he was a gamer. So you know, with that, so Ronnie Bell, uh, he actually had uh, two receptions for 24 yards. One, of course, was the touchdown. But he had two other plays. I, I thought that he, he stood out. Uh, one was in the first quarter, um, which Nowski had given a great punt, and Bell got down there and made a terrific tackle. And the very next play, Nick Bosa sacks Jones almost on the one yard line. So that completely mm, flips yeah. the field. Uh, and I think the, the game was tied at that point. And a second quarter, I, I Brian, you mentioned this. A pretty throws, I think, to Debo. The ball's batted up way in the air. I'm ready for an interception, but he makes oh, yeah. a heads up play to grab the ball. Uh, so you know, uh, gold stars, Ronnie Bell. We thought this could be the game he stepped up, and he did. He made some terrific plays, and uh, like I said, gets his first NFL touchdown. Awesome. And then I thought they actually handled the short turnaround really well. Uh, the one. And again, it's it's in their home stadium, and they're traveling back from from LA, so not not a big. And it's also early in the season, so it wasn't a big uh, turnaround. But they look they look from what I saw, they look like they still put a lot of energy, and they're flying around. Yeah, definitely did. So they look good, but they looked fresh. They looked fresh, which you know, good on them. So Brian, one of the things they they we've been having in our keys to victory. Each week is taking care of the football. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think the Niners had a turnover. Have they had one this year? Well, no turnovers in this game. And I'm trying to think. Brian, I don't. I can't think of one. I, I can't think of one either. I don't think the they've Rams? had one yet. Knock on wood. No. Yeah. I'm knock on wood on that one. No, uh, I think they might was... be plus five, maybe plus four, plus five in turnovers. I, I can't think of one. Purdy, I know, is not throwing an interception. That was um, that was uh, being thrown around on, on uh, Twitter today. Well, I mean, 
we got to knock on wood. He'll throw one eventually. But so, Brian, the other part that was nice to see is it mm-hmm. just wasn't the CMC show. It, it was not. Eliza Mitchell. You're right. It definitely was not. And I, I wanted him, I, I expected him to get around 30 to 50 yards in the game. And I don't know his final numbers, but I think he was around 40-ish. Um, but yeah, I was really happy to see Elijah get some get some rushes. Um, so that's good. I, I was expecting to see that. And speaking of of Elijah, the reason why I was kind of happy to see him, I was sitting in a at this uh, this brewery I, I was watching the game at pregame, and they were saying, was Elijah Mitchell going to get over under 31 and a half yards to start the game? And I was thinking it was going to be over. <laughs> and so and so that got me kind of thinking. So I, I I I was happy to see him get his numbers today or last game. So what did he get? He got 42 yards, 11 awesome. carries, 42 yards. Yeah. So good stuff. Yeah, he also looked good. The plays that I saw him when I wasn't asleep, he looked good. <laughs> yeah. uh, he looked like he looked like the Eliza of old. Yeah, and we, we one of the things that I was looking forward to this year was that you know if we have a healthy Elijah, we have, you know, and CMC, that's a great one-two punch to have. Uh, and then oh, bringing yeah. in like a Jordan Mason to really finish off a defense. This is just what we had looked at. Um, or what we had anticipated. We only really got to see that once last year uh, when the 49ers played the Cardinals, who I know we're going to talk about in a few minutes here. Uh, but Mitchell has had some some injuries he's had to deal with. Uh, so hopefully, knock on wood, uh, we don't see the injury bug rear its ugly head. Uh, but this could be, you know, it's sort of like the same philosophy of the 49ers defensive line. You know, keep rotating fresh people in. Uh, and against a tired defense, here comes Elijah, mm-hmm. here comes Jordan Mason. Uh, and they're starting to pick up those five, six yards at crucial moments. Yeah, the last key to victory, and I, honestly, if the New York Giants had followed our game plan, it would have been a closer game. Because <laughs> uh, cause everybody should should listen to our podcast exactly. and follow our game plan. Um, don't shoot self in foot. Did we have any big mistakes? The Niners were dominating the game, but they, they were coming away with... Um, uh, in a couple of cases, uh, field goals where I really thought, particularly in the beginning of the second half, they could have gone for an early knockout, but you know, that doesn't happen. Um, they, they get pinned down in their goal line. Um, they give the, uh, the giants a short field. It all of a sudden becomes 17, 12 and there's, it's a ball game. But on the very next drive, the Giants commit two crucial penalties, both on third down. One was a defensive holding mm-hmm. and one was and legal contact. And even though the 49ers only came with a way with a field goal, you just, you can't as a team allow those. I mean, those, those just, those are, those are, those are absolute killers. And at one point the Giants head coach was just screaming at the referee, but um, I think that was just out of frustration. Uh, but that that's where the Giants were, you know, committing a lot of just slow self-inflicted wins. And we talked about only the Niners, they had the Niners in 16 third down situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, you gotta, you gotta take those. You gotta knock that percentage down if you're gonna be successful. And the Giants did not, were not able to do that, and that's why the 49ers are walked away with the victory. Or I'd say walked away, but came away with a victory. Yeah. So yeah, if the Giants had followed our plan, I won. Oh well, <laughs> tune in Giants. <laughs> Don't tune in Cardinals. Brian, who's your star of the game? I am gonna go with. Well, I was going to say the 49ers offense first and foremost, because, and it's just from a pure statistical perspective, 
They did hold the ball for 39 minutes and 10 seconds, as we talked about earlier, um, versus 20 minutes and 50, se- and 50 seconds versus the Giants. Uh, the, the attack was pretty balanced between, you know, the two 39 rushing plays versus 37. I just think overall, the the Niners had a really good game plan for the week. They were going to have a balanced attack. They were going to give you a steady dose of CMC and Elijah. And then Purdy was going to be able to throw the ball to Kittle, Debo, uh, and and Bell and whoever and whoever else was out there. So I think that's that was my star of the game, the coaching. Cool. Tim? I gotta go back to Ronnie Bell. I mean, I've already said um what a great game he had, but I'll go back to his touchdown catch. You know, he's a rookie, but he has the awareness to, uh, to get both feet down uh, inside the pylon uh for a great catch. And uh, you know, like I said, you know, we were really impressed with the kid in, in preseason. So He's got my star of the game. Cool. Well, my star of the game is going to go to Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is delivering the most unspectacular, spectacular season. Like, it's spectacular, spectacular season. I I think we could ever really think. And I think sometimes the problem with the national media is they get so fixated on some of these guys who can make some amazing throws and do some amazing athletic things. Justin Herbert comes to mind, Lamar Jackson, but they don't really win football games and they can make some pretty big mistakes. And Brock is just Mr. Efficient and yeah. kind of unassuming. Oh, I'm he's got swag, but he's not like, you know, really out there trying to put this ball into, you know, tight, tight windows. He's basically hitting the right play at the right time. And he is just playing really, really well. Um, yeah, really mistake-free football. And yeah, Brian, there was this one play, John. You're talking about Purdy. I, I think it was probably in the first quarter when he threw this ball up to Kittle, and I thought it was going to get picked. And I don't know, Tim, if you remember that, but it looked like it was just outside the defender's reach, and I thought the defender was going to come in and take that ball. Yeah, but he threw it on a dime to Kittle and and Kittle got I don't know maybe 20 yards off that play but I John I think I'm just impressed by the way he's kind of matured as he's kind of grown up and mm-hmm. he, he doesn't look fa- unfazed at all he doesn't he doesn't look like he's rattled in any way you know in these situations so yeah eventually he's gonna have a bad game oh he's gonna he's gonna lose one it's just it, this gonna happen but everything I see just he looks looks great well, so he, he had a bad game. To Brock. He had a bad game against the Rams. He missed four passes. Wait, were those four interceptions? Or no, that was four passes. Okay, I, I thought there was a. Uh, I thought those were pretty much the same. Yeah. Excuse me if I'm coming off a little sarcastic, but uh, I'll I'll throw one thing out there, John. I I think the 49ers as a team they don't have the personality, the marketability that I think a lot of people in the media t- tend to like it's just it's never been I, I think you can even go back to the bill Wal- ball sherry they, they've never been the national media darling they really haven't had the fantasy football star and you know what we, we you turn on first take you, you turn on get up and the niners are all not the main story they're always you know somewhere in the middle of the road but you know, the 49ers, I think that always plays to their advantage because people look past them. They think they're soft. Uh, and then one of my favorite lines of all time, John, you know where I'm going with this. 
Mm-hmm. And here comes this team from Northern California. They're bringing <laughs> this guy. They're bringing <laughs> that guy. They're bringing the other guy. And it's like, whoa, oh. these guys can play. So it's one of those things I think we're going to sell for years to come with the, with the Niners and the national media. Yeah. So I was actually talking to my girls about this at, at dinner. And I said, you know, the only way that the Niners could become more of a national story is if someone on the Niners starts dating Taylor Swift. And <laughs> we couldn't think of anybody that was really readily available yeah. to, to date her. So she'll just have to stay with. Can, can I tell you how Kelsey. much I love the fact that you're talking about this at the dinner table? Now, I think this yeah. just goes, it just goes <laughs> to show what a, what a fabulous uh, parent you are, John. I teach them the real things in life. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, Brian, any other stars of the game? Well, our buddy Debo, he did have a, a that great other, he had, what, over 100 yards uh, receiving, um, and he had that one touchdown play, which um, I want to say was in the end of the second yeah. quarter. I, Where he, he was actually he showed up today. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he had a game, but yeah. he looked like he got, okay. he got hurt a little bit, and, um, you know, he had he always looks like he always gets hurt just a little bit. Like if he's doing those tough runs, it seems like he always seems to fall on the ball or, or something. And then he looks like he's on the going to have to go to the sideline and then sit something out. And then, you know, one play later, he's back in the game. So, um, yeah. 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 I'll I would not one be other... surprised if uh, Debo sits out the Cardinals game. We'll but see. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, so, you got me yeah, throw one more out. Yeah, I'll throw one more guy in there just because you know when I when I read about uh, just the pressures, uh, just what he's doing in the middle, uh, and that's Javon Kinlaw. You know, we're not seeing stats from him like sacks or anything like that, but you know, the more and more I I see from what coaches are saying, from what players are saying, from what analysts are saying, it's like this guy is holding his own in the middle, and he's making it very difficult for teams to run. Uh, which is definitely what the 49ers are going to see against the Cardinals. So, uh, John, I don't, know if, I don't know if we're going to that just yet, but I, kudos to, to, to Javon. Uh, he's coming up from a, a, you know, a horrible um, injury, so I hope he continues to improve and continues to uh, you know, hopefully get some big play in front of, in front of certain people in the media. And, and you yeah, know, we no, also... I, I agree. Uh, I think he's we, really done well. We also didn't hear Colton McKivitt's name this week in any way whatsoever, so... You know, that line's oh, holding mm-hmm. that line's holding up. So, you know, no no issues on that side. Well, no, it's not all sunshine and lollipops. Places we can improve. Brian, where do you think the Niners can improve a little bit? Well, this is on that note here. Um, Dre Greenlaw. that's what I was gonna that was that was on my list of things. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he, he had a couple of uh personal fouls and then you know that's something he's got to work better on and then trent williams i know he probably got riled up and he's got to stop smacking people around i'm, I'm <laughs> just, watching that live and just, i'm like thinking just just nothing just, just, don't just smack him. people around after the play if you want to do it during <laughs> yeah. the play we don't have a problem with it but yeah he threw a right hook i thought whoa oh, man. that could get that could get i thought he was gone I, I thought he was gone but, yeah, uh, I did too. Yeah. I did too. Yeah. yeah. But that would, that would be my thing of places. We've seen Dre do this and he just can't do it. We haven't really been in a tight one yet. I mean, the Rams was, was pretty close, but you don't want to just you know, drop Dak Prescott down all of a sudden of the Cowboys 15 yards. 
you know, or do something to AJ Brown when we're fighting for a number one seed. He's been known to do this and then quiets down towards, you know, the bottom part of the season. Tim, any other places that the Niners can get a little bit better? And I said the Niners really had a chance to do the knockout punch early, but you know, things happen in football. It's an imperfect game. Giants make a game of it in the third quarter. 49ers, they go down, they get a field goal. They get another stop, they get another field goal, and then the dagger, you know, of course, uh, was the touchdown pass uh, to Debo. And, and let's just throw another goal star to Brock Purdy. He had pressure, you know, in his face on that one, and he threw an absolutely perfect ball. And also the one to, to Bell. I mean, he's throwing off his back mm-hmm. foot, puts the ball perfectly. Uh, so there's another there's another uh, kudo to, to Brock on that one. Yeah, I agree. So before we get into my uh, my gambling results of the week... Anything <laughs> from week three that stood out? I mean, there's a lot of that happened on Sunday. Um, we got to actually see it all. Don't take any team lightly, Dallas. <laughs> I'm looking at you. Okay. And now I'm looking lightly, Brian. Okay. I'm uh, looking at the Miami Denver Broncos game. That was just a crazy, oh, crazy. Game. That that's where my mind went on Sunday. I know you're going. With the Dallas yes. um, Dallas Cardinals game, I'm going with the Broncos and Dolphins game. That game was absolutely nuts. Bri- and whoever, Bri- Brian, yeah, Brian, if if you're Sean Payton, if you're Sean Payton, what do you tell your team after you lose seventy to twenty? <laughs> the way from have. here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, obviously, for me, the, the most interesting thing that I saw was Taylor Swift is an economic force to be reckoned with. They should just give her a franchise. And I'll tell you why. She showed up. There was a 400% spike in Travis Kelsey jersey since Sunday. Kelsey's podcast now ranks number one on Apple. Kelsey added 383,000 Instagram followers. <laughs> 24.3 million viewers watched the game. It was the number one game of the week. Suck it, Chris Dollingsworth. There was a 63% jump in female viewers ages 18 to 49. Just give her the Los Angeles Chargers and have her fire that coach and put her in charge because she's going to do a better job. John, I John, mean, John. John, we're here to talk football, not economics and not social, you know, societal things. What you read in the style guide, you need to shake it off. Okay. She's a mastermind. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't like my joke. Come on. I do like her joke. <laughs> I thought I was pulling a blank space. I thought I was pulling you, a, uh, a clever You have one. a lot of style. You got a lot of style there. I try. I try. Okay. And dad jokes are now going to be retired. So okay. <laughs> let's look at John's betting results from All right. week three. So this week I was three, three, and one. Overall, I'm nine, eight, and one. While Tim loves field goals, I fucking hate field goals. <laughs> I have two field goals that have cost me two bets. And yes, Sean McVay knew. The Saints guy, like I was in Wisconsin, like everybody was sad in their cheese curds. Like, literally, like, I was at the bar, and like, oh, we're down 17 to whatever. Like, oh, this is going to be bad. Jordan Love, give him credit, came back. But the Saints could have won on a field goal, and he missed. Of course. 
Tennessee lost and they looked lost. I was really surprised that the Browns laid one on. I won Detroit. Yeah, they did a pretty good job against Atlanta. I was really close to the Raiders. I think if Jimmy had not been knocked out cold, I might have actually been on the winning side of that one. I won with the Eagles. Uh, Eagles looked looked pretty good on on last night. And then Carolina and Seattle, which was odd because Carolina had the red rifle of Andy Dalton going for Bryce Young and you know, they scored enough points the same with Seattle. So that was a that was an under that I lost. So so yeah. So um so yeah, but I'm still in the in the, the, the green, you know, nine eight and one, I'm still ahead. So but looking and then my survivor pool, I had the Niners, they did it. So we're moving on into to week three. So so this week or week four, uh, this week, uh, um I've got uh, Steelers minus three over the Texans. I don't think C.J. Stroud's going to stand up against T.J. Watt. Um, the nope. Vikings minus three and a half over the Panthers. So while the Vikings are zero and three, when they should have been one and two because the Chargers almost coach almost lost them another game. Um, their offense has actually been pretty good, um, and Kirk Cousins has actually had quietly had a nice season. Uh, they just haven't won. So I'm picking them over the Panthers. Uh, the Browns, I'm uh, picking minus two and a half over the Ravens. The Browns' D is legit. Uh, we face them, they're going to be a problem. You know, their offense is hit or miss, but Miles Garrett is is right there with T.J. Watt and Micah Parsons for Defensive Player of the Year. The Rams, I have plus one and a half over the Colts, which I thought was a really small line. Uh, I saw the Rams last night. They looked pretty decent against the Bengals and the Colts. I don't think their quarterbacks going, so it's going to be Gardner Machu. And the Rams' offense is with that pack of Nakua. I mean, we saw them against the Niners. They look great. They look good. Their run game's a little uh, And then off, last though. but not least, yeah. Um, but I think I think against the Colts, yeah, yeah. I, I think one and a half is is way too small. And last but not least, I got Bills in Miami. I'm betting the over of 53 and a half. This game yeah, absolutely go like that. 45 to 42. Uh, that is going to be a track meet. Um, and then for my survivor pool, uh, I don't think Zach Wilson is going to shake it off because I got Casey over the Jets. <laughs> so you do like my joke. Yes, I do. <laughs> so, Brian, you want to talk a little prop bet? Yeah, you know, I was telling you guys earlier, I was sitting in the bar last week watching the the beginning of the Niners-Giants game on, the, the pregame show was on ESPN, so they were just talking, it, it was a show on bets. They were talking about prop bets for this game, and then I was talking about Elijah Mitchell, and then, was he going to get over 31 and a half? So it got me thinking, okay, so let's just, let's incorporate prop bets in here, and let's just bring in two that I saw this week that I thought maybe we can kind of just kind of talk about. So the first one, the over-under on CMC rushing is 86 and a half yards, 86.5 yards. Do you think he's going to go over so that I don't, or under that against the Cardinals? I think he's going to go over it, but I wouldn't bet it because 86 and a half is a big number. That is high. The Cardinals defense has been decent. I mean, they've, they, they had the Dallas offense to a, you know, not a lot. Uh, so I think that one's going to be a tough one. He's been on a roll of the last three weeks, but 86 and a half is going to be, is going to be a high number. So if I had to bet it, I do over, but I don't, I don't think, um, you love it. 
I think it's just too high to bet. Yep. Yeah. What else you got? Uh, Brock Purdy, uh, this was 225.5 passing yards. Do you think he'll go over or under? So this one, I I think he'll go over, and I do like this one. Yeah, and I like it because, one, the Niners are at home. They've had a lot of rest. And unlike CMC, Purdy is not going to be taken out of the game. Uh, unless, you know, it's a blowout. And if it's a blowout, then he's probably passed for 225 yards. So I like this one. I think, again, I haven't seen the Cardinals defense enough to see how many times they blitz and their style. And they're also a relatively new coach. But I think uh, given the penchant for the Niners to do a five-yard slant, take it 25-yard downfield, I think he'll, he's going to pass that number. So I do like this one. I may actually bet it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I was liking them both cool. also. Wow. Yeah, it's just the 86 that has a big number for a running back. I mean, you know, he was he was down in the 60s a couple of weeks ago uh, on those prop bets, and, and they definitely raised it up. Um, would be more interesting might be if CMC has a touchdown. I would bet that. Uh, because I think he'll break Rice's consecutive record if he gets one more. In fact, Tim, is that right? I would have to confirm that I don't know that off the top of my head. Okay. Well, speaking off the top of Tim's head, it's time for Niners Trivia. <laughs> so, Brian, what do we got go. this week? So, this week we're playing the Arizona Cardinals. So, question number one. What city did they originally originate from what city did they originate from and what is their claim to fame in the nfl uh well i'm gonna say they started in boston and then they moved to st louis and then they moved to arizona i their claim to fame is they once wore monocolored socks I have no idea what they claim. Oh, okay. okay. I, I don't know about oh, that. Man. But uh, no, it was the Chicago Cardinals. Uh, their claim to fame. Uh, the only thing I can think of is when they were in St. Louis, they both the baseball and the football team had the same mascot, both the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay. All right. We'll go with that. Question number two. What year did the Phoenix Cardinals change their name to the Arizona Cardinals? Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to say 1989. That's all I got. Okay. I'm going to go with the, I'm going to say 1997. Let's move on. Question number three. Reference because I got it. I, I love, I love, I love, I love it okay. when you throw your the rap references at John. I mean, yes. we already got Taylor Swift. Why stop there? You guys, oh, oh my god, this is, I know this is, this is such a cruel summer that you guys are just doing this here. <laughs> Very good. Of course, I got that. I do. We do have. We do have daughters, Brian. <laughs> I swear, that's Brian, what I listen to all the time in the car. Brian, oh, I can, I can. Remember 80s lyrics to a song, but forget why I walked into the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. 
Next right. question. <laughs> uh, when the Cardinals switched from the NFC to the NFC West in the realignment in 2002, who was their starting quarterback? Neil Lomax. No. I know it wasn't Neil Lomax. <laughs> I'm going to say it was around 2003. Carson Palmer? It's me, I guess. No, it wasn't Carson Palmer. Um, and it wasn't Jake Plummer. I think he already left to go to... You know what? I'll go with Jake Plummer. I don't think it's okay. right, but I think it's Jake Plummer. I'll, I'll go with Jake Plummer. Right. And then last Matt question. Leonard. Maybe it's Matt Leonard. It wasn't Leonard. I think he, he won the championship, right? So that years, was an 05 right? Matt, Matt Leonard was in college. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Neil Lomax. Yeah, who Neil Lomax from the retirement home. Yeah, next question. Yeah. How about Steve DeBerg? He's always part of these things. (laughs) All right. Number four. Where did the Arizona Phoenix Cardinals first play when they first relocated to Arizona? And for bonus, what year did the Cardinals move to their new stadium? Uh, uh, Arizona State, I think, is where they played. Yeah. I'm going to go with. 2010. Uh, I think it was a little earlier than that because in 2008, I think the Super Bowl was hosted in Glendale. So I'll say, uh, I'll go 2007. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Did Neil Thanks, guys. throw out the first pitch. <laughs> All right. John, John and his Lomax. Neil Lomax uh, obsession. Oh, there's only so many Cardinals. <laughs> quarterback I, <laughs> um so you know i always i always forget that that emmett cardinals. was a emmett smith was a cardinal i forget about that too i i think yeah. a lot of people want to forget that emmett was a cardinal i'll just yeah i, I, I think emmett wants, to, wants forget. to forget that emmett was a cardinal <laughs> all right sorry john uh, so moving on to the cardinals um, yeah it's all right emmett smith neil lomax jake the snake carson palmer will not be playing this game but we are facing another mobile quarterback, and Josh Dobbs has played pretty decently. I think, you know, the first game against the Commanders, eh, you know, first day out, but he put up, what, 28 real quick against the Giants. Mm-hmm. He just beat Dallas. He's got some game in him. And if you've seen all the highlights, he is always on the run. He's always yeah. moving out of the pocket left or right. Yeah. So... For me, one of the keys of victory again is you got to contain the pocket. Uh, don't let him get outside. It's a little bit like facing like Russell Wilson light. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just uh, he could be he could be a problem. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and obviously, I think the Cardinals going to be feeling themselves. But Tim, what are you? Uh, yeah, I know. I'm in. I'm in a full Grammage. Uh, Dobbs in the first quarter, he rips off a 44 yard run. You know, that really just, I think, set the tone for the day. It was sort of basically a message to the Cowboys, like, this isn't going to be a, a cakewalk. He's, he's got some wheels. Um, you know, at, at times he, he has made plays that make, make you scratch your head. But when I look back, um, I mean, this is where the Niners just have to, have to, have to focus. When, when I looked back at that game uh, and, and watched the condensed version, a couple things that stood out to me from the Cowboys side. Um, they had four drives in the second, all four of their drives uh, in the second half. The Cowboys got inside the Arizona 10 and they come away with six points. So 
key to victory. You're in the red zone. You got to put, you got to put points on the board. Uh, second is that the Cowboys were flagged 16 times in that game. The Cardinals accepted 13 of those penalties. Uh, so wow. that's another thing is don't make, you know, those mistakes because, you know, by halftime, Cardinals are up and, you know, even if a team is down, they get that little thing called confidence. All of a sudden, like, we're in this game. We're going to fight. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to back off there. And, um, you know, um, the, the Cowboys, uh, they, they made those mistakes. I don't know if they were really looking past Arizona, um, but certainly they, I don't think any of them expected a game like that. Um, uh, they certainly were able to execute, but not, I mean, they were able to move the ball, but not at the right time, not, not at the critical times, not on those four drives. They, they, they won in time of possession. Total yards was fair, fairly even. But they did not convert when needed, and they made you know mistakes at critical moments. So yeah, there I think you go. There's a ball. That got a that got an interception. I think right at the end of the game, he did first yeah. interception. So, for yeah, Mac this year. Brian, what else are you seeing as a key to victory for the Niners over the Cardinals? Well, you kind of brought this up already when with Dobbs, um, since he's going to be playing for Kyler, since Kyler's still hurt. But I think Dobbs had like 55 yards rushing um, against Dallas. And James yeah. Conner, um, the old back, he he had almost 100. I think he was a little shy at 98, but he had some really strong runs mm -hmm. on the outside. So, you know, the Niners got to yeah. be prepared, make sure they're, they have their their run blitz is going, or at least, you know, um, being there to stop the run. You know, the linebackers are ready. I think the Cardinals are really going to be with their mobile quarterback, they're going to try to do a lot of pitches out to the left, to the right, and they got to be ready. So I think just make sure that they're. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you mentioned, you mentioned that run. Uh, well, actually, I, I don't, I don't think it was, I don't think it was Connor. It was, uh, it was Moore who had um, a 45 yard touchdown yeah. uh, in the second quarter that just sent the, uh, sent the Cardinals to the locker room into the half with a tremendous amount of momentum. I, I think the 49ers, um, I think if there's one thing in the 49ers' favor maybe this week is that the Cardinals may have played, you know, above, I'll just say they may be coming off an emotional high of playing the Cowboys. And that's yep. really tough to try and replicate only a few days later against another team like the 49ers. So that could be something where they have a, basically a bit of a letdown. Um, you know, we know the Niners can, we know that what the Niners are capable of last year, they, they dominated, uh, the Cardinals in both their games. Uh, one course at Levi's, the one I guess was technically a home game for the Cardinals, but Mexico city. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think the mobile quarterback, you know, collapse the pocket. Don't give them the lanes. Don't, don't, yeah, don't, don't shoot yourself in the foot. Like you're the Cowboys or you're the giants. So, and I think the Niners can, can be successful. And of course, don't look ahead. To next Sunday night. Yeah, and I'll just say this: like, don't look ahead. And while last year we dominated them, you know, and that was like a great game watching them in Mexico City. The years before, the Cardinals have always been like a thorn in the side. Yeah, the Colt McCoy game. We had the Kyler Murray game where Jimmy had to hit Jeff Wilson, you know, in the last seconds. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've yeah. always, yeah, they've always had a. There's always been a little thing with the Cardinals and, and the Niners. And yeah, don't look past the Cowboys. I also think, I don't know what the Niners red zone percentage is right now, but it's, it, you just, you got to keep converting in the red zone. And while Tim Lowe's field goals, 
Uh, they just don't win football games. So convert in the red zone, uh, play, play keep away. You're going to have to stop that mobile quarterback. Um, and then if here's my last key of the game, you know, Ayuk has been practicing. Debo hasn't. Whoever is coming in, Juwan Jennings, Ronnie Bell, it's time to step up. You know, keep it going. Um, Absolutely. And I think I think the Niners can can take this game. So cool. Well, Brian, let's talk a little fantasy football. Yeah. Um, how did your team do? How did the Niner Knights do? We uh, lost uh, because I happened to not pay attention to my own advice and I forgot to move Ayuk out. But I, w- I was going to get killed anyway uh, in my in my fantasy game. So I did lose uh, to my friend Missy. Um, but she had Justin Herbert going and, and Keenan Allen from from the Chargers. So they had they had really good games, the both of them. Um, so she kicked my butt. But I think... But at John, on your side, um, you also lost. I see. Oh, yeah. yes, the Crushers lost, and um, <laughs> it's a. I'm I'm a little bit like Sean Payton trying to address the team right now, because I sat a guy who scored 47 points. Brutal. I mean, I didn't even know you could score 47 points, and it was just like no name Dolphins running back. Did you drive them or whatever? chain. It, yes, um, Joe Burrow continues to to struggle. Bryce Young's out. I have to put Zach Wilson in there. I got a lot from Debo this week, but um, thankfully this league is not. You know, I don't have to get a tattoo if uh, I finish last. So, yeah. So let's just see. Let's guys take one week at a time. And uh, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Sometimes you tie. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, I'm going to keep it going. So anyway, Brian, tell us what these uh, trivia questions have. Before we jump to that, I didn't realize that the Cardinals coach, Jonathan Gannon, okay. was, it, was the DC for the Eagles last year. And uh, he was, yeah. I did not realize that until I just read that. So. Interesting. You need to make up for that. Yeah, he, his biggest issue is they they just they don't have as much talent. Um, no, I think he's going to have them in the right places. I think he's going to have the the right kind of he might have the right schemes and play similar to the Niners go with big defensive line, but they just don't have the talent yet. And there you know they've got a big problem with Kyle Murray's contract and what they're going to do with it. And all that kind of stuff, but you know, obviously they're 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 not the Bears, they're not the Broncos. <laughs> so he's already got them well ahead. But, Everybody thought I was going to be the worst team. But the Bears and the Broncos are playing this week, aren't they? So something dumpster. has to give. It's a dumpster fireball. It would be awesome if they tied. Just tied. <laughs> we, we have family members who might be listening. <laughs> I actually might bet the tie in that game. Oh. <laughs> at that point, at that point, you have to make an argument that this might actually be scripted. <laughs> How they got Taylor Swift as a guest star, I have no idea. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, all right. So, anyway, Brian, what are the answers to our trivia questions this week? 
All right, Arizona Cardinals, where do they originate from? So they actually started in Chicago. Tim, you got it right. They actually started off as a team called the Morgan Athletic Club in 1898. So they are the longest continuously run uh, football team in the U.S. Uh, So they started in 1898 as the Morgan Athletic Club. They switched over to a name called the Racing Normals, the Racing Cardinals. And then, because I, I think that was a street they were on in 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 Chicago, Southside. And then they became the Chicago Cardinals uh, in the twenties. And then, um, yeah. And then they moved to St. Louis in sixty. Uh, they were there from sixty to eighty seven, and then they moved to Phoenix in eighty eight. Uh, so the one the one question I was going to ask you about, like, and what's their claim to fame besides being the original uh, one of the sorry one of the conditions uh run teams was that they were also them and the chicago bears were one of the original teams from the nfl when it first started so that's never knew that uh okay um what year did the phoenix cardinals change their name to arizona cardinals john what'd you say 1989 <laughs> They, that's I, also Taylor. That's also so that's also Taylor Swift's album, by the way. Yeah, I know. See how There's... I double layered it. Nineteen eighty nine. Okay, sorry, uh, Tim. <laughs> yes, I said ninety eight. Okay, sorry. They changed their name in nineteen. 19- March 17th, 1994. So for the 94 season, oh. they became the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. When the Cardinals switched from the N- NFC East to the NFC West in 2002, who was a starting quarterback? John, you said? Said, please be Neil. Neil Lomax. And Tim, you said? Jake Plummer. It is Jake Plummer. Good job. He was there for one year and wow. then he... Then he left to become the uh, Went to the Broncos. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, Number four, where did the Arizona Phoenix Cardinals first play when relocating to Arizona? Correct. Both you guys, they did play at Sun Sun Devil Stadium from 1988 to 2005. And then they went to their new stadium, which I think was University of Phoenix Stadium in 2006. Yeah. Yeah. I think they call it State Farm or whatever it is these days. Yeah. Which we'll be visiting in December. Yes. There you go. Absolutely. All right. Is that it? I think it's it. I think we need to wrap this up. Brian, some final thoughts on the the game with the Giants or the upcoming game with the Cardinals? I am going to be going to the Cardinals game this weekend. So um, I won't be able to do all the replays. Like, I, I, you know, it won't be as seamless to see things going on so i might have to text you guys to find out what the heck just happened or something like that but i will be at the game this weekend so looking forward to it yeah you can text john cool. you, you know you know i won't be able to answer because <laughs> i go in are, silent mode are you alive <laughs> yeah that's why i check in at the end of the game so or with the game <laughs> when the game is no longer in doubt i say i'm alive just for our listeners. Like Red Orbach Gray lighting up a cigar. Yeah. So I just get a little tense. Uh final yeah, thoughts. But- yeah. Uh hey, you're three and oh. 
This is where we wanted him to be. Uh, eye on the prize, one game at a time. Let's uh, let's get the Cardinals into town. Let's take care of business. I'm feeling really just really good about the Niners right now. It's been fun to watch. We know at some point they're probably going to lose just based on stats, but they're, I think they're going to have to lay an egg at some point to lose, or they're just... Can we not end with a buzzkill like that? Can I finish? Fine. Or someone someone throws a scheme they haven't seen, but I don't think that is this team. I think the Niners should uh, be able to take care of business. They just look... We talked way back when about the offense being really special and and the D. They really they they look in midseason form, and it's only week three. I, it's just I'm really excited about the rest of this year. Just watching them, uh, we got 14 more games, and I'm I'm excited about every single one of them. So, on that note, Niners Nation, peace out. I'm John, joined by Tim and Brian. And all we have to say is go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Niners Talk. Stay faithful.